You're listening to Marcus Sahaba Online Radio Podcast. Central African Let's welcome a highest education from the party of Sahawani. Allahi wa barakatuh. Yes, a local on the program. It is a medical final. And yes, our doctor this evening is the doctor. And Alhamdulillah, he's a dermatologist. Are they in uh, the other part of, uh, yeah, he's in the near the Indian Ocean. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh, Dr. Mohammed Dr. And how are you this fine evening? Jazakallah wa alaikum salam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. I'm well, Mr. Shafat Ahmed. And uh, thank you on behalf of Barakat Sahaba for inviting me to talk this evening. Alhamdulillah, you're most welcome. And our topic uh, this evening is uh, psoriasis and acne. You know, many of us have uh, succumbed to acne, you know, in our teen years. And uh, perhaps, uh, you know, your preamble on the topic, uh, Doc. Uh, acne is a common condition. It affects a significant percent of the population, although it occurs mainly in teenage years and they call it zits. Uh, it also occurs in adulthood, especially in females. And acne is due to excess hormones, and uh, the hormone is called androgen. So essentially what happens is the androgen comes through and it stimulates the oil glands in the skin to produce sebum, which is oil. And that oil blocks up the pores and you get bacteria and therefore you get pus pimples. And following that, you get uh, enlarged cysts as well. The big problem with acne is that it can cause severe scarring and it can also cause pigmentation. So it is important for us to treat acne at an early stage in order to prevent both scarring and pigmentation. Yes, sir, doctor, uh, when you look at all these uh, you know, different types of uh, conditions uh, that uh, affect uh, people, and when you look at acne and uh, psoriasis, uh, very similar indeed, uh, doctor. Yes, yeah. The, the, the problem with acne is that it's an extremely common condition and therefore we need to understand what uh, acne is and how to treat it. And the most important aspect of management is patient education. So essentially when patients come to the surgery and they present with acne, especially teenagers, uh, affected by, by acne severely. They get a lot of psychosocial stress and often they tease at their schools, you know, about the fact that they have uh, acne or zits. So it is important for us to make the patient as well as the parents to understand the whole problem of acne and it's important to work as a team. Now, uh, as far as acne is concerned, we need to address certain aspects of acne. First of all, um, you know, it was always felt that, uh, you know, chocolates cause uh, acne and oily foods. This has been disproved. However, in a certain percentage of the population, especially in females, we find that excess intake of sugar, uh, glucose, it can cause hormonal uh, changes and can have an effect where it may affect the, what they call, the hormone levels in the body and in the skin, and that can lead to acne. So there is a condition where you get cysts in the ovaries in females, and this basically causes excess production of the hormone, and that can cause acne. Now, this condition is called polycystic ovaries, and essentially these patients have acne. They may be uh, overweight. They can have uh, excess hair loss, 
And the most important aspect is that they have irregular menstrual periods and they have what they call glucose or insulin resistance or intolerance. So in those patients, there's a specific way to treat acne. In the majority of the patients that we see, we need to, uh, first of all, look at the different types of acne. One gets the mild acne, the moderate acne, and the severe acne. The mild acne is basically, uh, you know, fine sort of pimples or what we call pustules and uh, what we call comedones, which is blocked pores. So, therefore, in those patients, the treatment is, you know, targeting the external factor that is the skin from the outside. If the patients have more, more uh, severe acne or moderate acne, where these patients have a lot of uh, white heads, black heads, pus pimples, and they may have cysts. Those patients are targeted by internal treatment is targeted by using internal therapy as well as external therapy. These patients have extremely oily skin, so it is important for us to prescribe cleansers which actually uh, you know improves the uh, the skin in terms of preventing oiliness. Now, what basically happens if the patient has very severe acne, uh, and this may occur in the male and female population, what we do is we use stronger medication. So I'm going to move on towards treatment of acne. Uh, again, it is important the patient, for the patients to use mild cleansers because harsh cleansers may uh, aggravate the skin and it may cause problems like dryness and irritation. So we prescribe gentle cleansers for these patients, and the ones that are quite good are the ones by Cetaphil or Bioderma or Eucerin. These have gentle, uh, gentle cleansers for acne. And then we use either an antiseptic gel called Benzac or we use a vitamin A cream called Differin, or we may use a stronger vitamin A cream called Retin A. Uh, in addition to that, we also use uh, a cream co- uh, called Skinurin. So these can be used singly or in, or in combination. And essentially what I normally do in the practice is if it's mild acne, I would prescribe a gentle cleanser. I'll prescribe Benzac. This actually helps clear the bacteria. And then if it's more severe or they have lots of whiteheads and blackheads, then I'll use a vitamin A cream like different or Retin-A. So what those creams do, they open up the pores and they prevent blocking of the pores. So in that way, the, uh, the oiliness can improve. If a patient has uh, moderate acne, uh, these patients need internal therapy. Uh, so the tablets I would prescribe uh, oral antibiotics and the ones we prescribe are doxycycline or we may use tetralysol or we may use azithromycin. So these are the different kinds of antibiotics. And then what I do is some of the antibiotics can have side effects where they can cause what we call candida because as we know the antibiotics can decrease the flora that is the, the ones that are protective in the, in the gut so we prescribe a probiotic as well. And uh, in terms of treatment, it's important for, to advise the patients that the treatment must be used at least for three months before we can see significant improvement. A lot of the patients use it for a short period of a week or two weeks, and then they give up. Now, uh, let's go on to the female patients with acne. The female patients with acne, as I mentioned, may have excess hormones, 
And this condition is called PCOS, or polycystic ovaries. Now, those patients may require a contraceptive pill, and the one that we normally use is Diane or Minerva. These contraceptive pills, although the contraceptive pill, we would use it inactive to control the excess hormones, and then if they're more severe, then we may add an additional tablet called Andropure. Uh, we also use a tablet called spironolactone. So basically those are medications and the patients can be advised on these medications by their general practitioners or dermatologists. And uh, it is important in addition to using the internal medications or tablets that we use external. So in combination we do well. An external medication that's been very effective as well is a cream called Epidio. The advantage of this cream, it, you know, one could use it at night, once daily, and it has an effective, uh, it has a combination of uh, Benzac as well as a vitamin A cream called Diprin. So this combination works together and it is very effective. Now, if we, if we have a patient with much more severe acne, especially cysts or lumps on the skin, and it's more, uh, it is severe, we, we may consider a tablet, but we only use those tablets in selected patients. The tablet is called Roaccutane or Orotane. It is a vitamin type A type of tablet, and these tablets are quite strong, so we have to use it very we have to use it cautiously because it has side effects. Now, the major side effect in females it can cause birth deformities. So, if we have a female who is sexually active, we have to make sure the patient is on the contraceptive pill before we start the roaccutane. Uh, and again, we advise the patient that they should not fall pregnant while they are on roaccutane. If they plan to conceive and have children, then they should be off the roaccutane for at least a month. So patient education is very, very important. Uh, these patients have to uh, sign a consent form to, you know, to state that they are not, they will not fall pregnant during the period while they're on roaccutane. The roaccutane has excellent results. Uh, you can get up to 85% cure rates in these patients. This is the only tablet that can cure acne. As far as the other medications are concerned, they will help acne and control it. But the moment we stop the tablets, then they can get a relapse or recurrence of the acne. Now, roaccutane in males is quite safe. Uh, in males, it doesn't cause any problems in terms of fertility, and uh, we don't have to obviously use any other medications apart from the roaccutane or orotane. Uh, again, uh, it is very, very important to treat acne because of the fact that, uh, you know, once they get scarring, it's a difficult problem. So the whole idea is to treat acne in order to prevent the, the severe problems associated with acne, namely scarring as well as pigmentation. Now, a lot of patients, they actually may be more concerned about the pigmentation. So we need to inform these patients that the pigmentation improves as we clear the acne. As the inflammation clears, the pigmentation improves and the scarring improves. However, in those patients who have scarring after treatment, then we use lasers and, or we may use fruit acid peels or something called microdermabrasion, which clears the scars. And that treatment is also effective in removing the pigmentation. 
very rarely we may use uh, anti-pigmentation creams as well. So again, acne is, is important for us to educate the public as you are doing now. Uh, we actually get the patients involved and we need to inform them that it is important for them to take treatment in order to prevent the uh, side effects and the complications of acne. Very comprehensive there, Doctor. Really enjoying your input uh, this evening. Just as I remember that after the break, I will be fielding your questions and posing them uh, to the doctor. The uh, number to call uh, to send your WhatsApp on is 0847863132, 0847863132. Our dermatologist uh, this evening is uh, Dr. Mohammed uh, Dokrat. Already, as I said, uh, flowing and uh, giving us information that uh, is uh, definitely, uh, you know, enhancing our knowledge. You know, doctor, you get to some people, they say, hey, ice the pimple. You know, would you advise that? Uh, uh, sorry, I didn't get the question. Some people would ask. I will say, you know, ice, I-C-E, ice the pimple. Uh, again, there's important factors. Uh, I think the first uh, is to inform the patient that they should follow the advice uh, of the uh, doctor or the metologist, uh, they should actually, first of all, uh, not uh, interfere with their skin. So a lot of the patients tend to scratch their skin or to try and pull the pimples out and so on, and that can aggravate and cause inflammation. Uh, as far as ice is concerned, uh, what happens if they get a large cyst or an abscess following acne, then that helps slightly, but it's not a cure for acne. The treatment of acne is basically a combination of uh, the creams and or the tablets I mentioned. So it is important that we advise the patients that they shouldn't scratch now. Uh, you get some patients who tend to scratch the skin to such an extent that it can cause marks and scars. And this is called acne excorie, E-X-C-O-R-E-E, -E, and they excoriate or they scratch the skin. And it becomes a compulsive habit. And, you know, they may be, uh, they, they, they may sort of have problems uh, psycho, psychosocially. Uh, so again, it is important for us to manage a patient in a holistic way. And is uh, sugar bad for psoriasis? Okay, now we're moving on to psoriasis. Uh, just to inform the public that psoriasis is a skin condition and it presents as red scaly spots on the elbows or on the knees. Uh, patients can get psoriasis on the scalp. They can get it in the ears and they can get it on the nails. And psoriasis, if it is severe, it can uh, affect the body areas like the back and the chest as well. So again, uh, getting back to sugar, uh, it, it doesn't affect psoriasis directly. Uh, psoriasis is what they call an immunological problem. So it's not dietary related. It's a genetic factor. A significant percentage of our patients with psoriasis, which is a common skin condition, may have a family history of psoriasis. So you may have a genetic tendency to get psoriasis and other factors like environmental factors, stress, and certain medications may aggravate uh, psoriasis. Now, it is important, as you asked me about sugar, uh, psoriasis, we have what they call comorbidities. That is a certain medical condition that patients with psoriasis may suffer from. And one of them is diabetes. The other is ischemic heart disease. 
cholesterol problems, arthritis, and some patients may have depression. Now, the reason for that is because with psoriasis, you get inflammation, uh, chemicals that cause problems uh, in the skin, and these same chemicals or similar chemicals may also affect other organs of the body. So it is uh, important to for us to not only to treat the psoriasis, we need to examine the patient, uh, a comprehensive examination, so that we make sure they don't have the associated conditions, including hypertension. Now, again, uh, the patients who are obese, they actually may have severe psoriasis. So again, we need to advise them uh, regarding weight reduction. So your question about uh, sugar intake may uh, sort of work in a uh, in an indirect way. And again, uh, a holistic management of psoriasis is important. Now, in terms of psoriasis, uh, it's often a disfiguring condition because when uh, the uh, you know population uh, looks at patients with psoriasis, they may think that the patients with psoriasis may have a contagious condition. And it is important for us to educate not only the patient, the family and the population at large, uh, that psoriasis is not contagious, it is not leprosy, it is not a condition that you can uh, catch by touching the skin. And again, uh, it is important for us to treat these patients with psoriasis. Because psoriasis is visible, it can cause severe psychosocial stress and anxiety. These patients often have low self-esteem. They may have problems when they seek jobs. They often uh, take off from work because of their condition, and they often feel marginalized. And psoriasis affects between 2 and 5% of the population, and we have what we call support groups. So in the Western Cape, in Cape Town, we have the Psoriasis Association. So we have regular meetings where we invite dermatologists, uh, dietitians, psychologists to speak about psoriasis and to educate the public. But the good news with psoriasis, in addition to uh, having our topical treatment, that is creams and ointments for mild psoriasis, these ointments include uh, Dovate and Dovabed, we have more effective treatment in the last 10 years. Now, if a patient has mild to moderate, we use what we call phototherapy or ultraviolet therapy. This is done at the dermatologist's offices, and the, uh, the results are excellent. And the patients should discuss that with their doctors or dermatologists. Uh, if they have a moderate to severe psoriasis, then we use a tablet called metotrexate. Now, metotrexate prevents the excess production of scale, which, uh, you know, which occurs in psoriasis. It also have an, has an effect on the immunological factors which trigger psoriasis. The metotrexate must be used extremely cautiously because the fact is that it does have side effects. Now, metotrexate, uh, in order for us to use it, we have to do certain blood tests like a blood count. We have to check the liver and the kidney. So it is important for the patient not to consume alcohol. As we know, alcohol has a, has a major uh, effect on the liver. It can be toxic to the liver. And then because metotrexate, work through the river, so it can have a combined effect and cause serious side effects. But if metotrexate is used in the right dosage in the correct patients and the patients are monitored by 
clinical examination as well as blood tests, they get excellent results. And these patients, although they do not have a cure, because there is no cure for psoriasis, they get a very good quality of life. So what we try and do is provide medications which can clear the skin and keep the skin clear, and these patients do not feel marginalized. So it doesn't have an effect in their home life, in, the, uh, in terms of their work, or in terms of their role in society. Uh, now, in the last 10 years, we have very good news. We've got new medications called biologics. Now, because psoriasis is an immunological condition, the biologics target the inflammation in the skin. These are very, very effective. Uh, I have in the practice quite a few patients with biologics, and this can take away psoriasis for about three to four months at a time. However, again, there is no cure for psoriasis. All these medications control psoriasis. The biologics are effective, however, they're expensive. So in terms of management, one has to check if the patient has moderate to severe psoriasis. We usually liaise with the medical aid to make sure the uh, medical aid covers for psoriasis uh, in terms of biologics and uh, uh, they're used in the correct dosage and in the right setting and for the right patient. Yes, sir, Doctor, as I said, I'm really enjoying your input uh, this evening. Inshallah, we'll be going uh, for the break. When we get back, uh, lots of questions have come through. Inshallah, we'll be uh, reading that out to you and uh, you'll be fielding them. Let's go do some shopping. You're listening to Marcus Sahaba Online Radio Podcast. Our doctor this evening is uh, Dr. Muhammad Dokrat, a dermatologist. Alhamdulillah, your questions are coming through. And uh, remember, the number is 084786 3132. 084786 3132. Uh, looking at uh, what uh, Bashiruddin says, he says, Assalamu alaikum. I read recently that indigenous uh, people, example, uh, the Red Indians and others, never got or get acne. How true is that, uh, Dr. Muhammad uh, Dokrat? That's a very, very important point because acne, as I mentioned, is hormonal and it can be familial. And again, it affects certain uh, population groups. So that is correct. And again, uh, in South Africa, uh, in my practice, you know, I see the whole spectrum of different, uh, you know, population groups. So it affects all population. But again, you know, like diabetes and other, uh, you know, heart disease and so on, uh, around the world, certain populations uh, may have genetic factors that actually help, uh, and therefore these patients may not suffer from certain conditions. Kamal Hussain says, Assalamu alaikum, uh, top medical show, Uncle Shafaat. Please uh, refer to Dr. Muhammad Dokrat. Why do some people only get an acne breakout, example, in late 20s and not during the teens, doctor? That is correct. Uh, this occurs mainly in females, and again, hormonal factors are important. And what we find is that especially uh, those patients uh, and that population group that have high stressful uh, you know, occupation, we find that hormonal levels are often uh, you know, not, uh, not regular. So therefore, they can have spikes in the hormonal level and uh, acne does occur. But the acne is slightly different. It's mainly uh, whiteheads, blackheads. It's different from the severe pus pimples that teenagers get uh, acne. But again, it doesn't affect a large population of the uh, adult group. Uh, 
Uh, and as far as treatment is concerned, again, the contraceptive pill is not used for contraception. It's mainly used to control the hormones which aggravate acne. And in that population group, we may use the uh, orotane or roacitine in low doses. Uh, we call it pulse dosing, and it provides good control. So we have patients in their 20s and even 30s who may have acne. And again, hormonal factors, stress levels, familial factors, all that contribute uh, to acne in adulthood. Yes, and also you look at those in the Mediterranean climate, you know, they're eating uh, those uh, foods uh, with the olives and, uh, you know, things like that. Uh, you know, they, when you look at their skins, uh, Doc, it's very flawless. Uh, you know, any reason for that? Perhaps Indians eating too much of uh, oil. I mean, uh, does oil affect better with the olive oil? You'll notice that their complexion is uh, flawless uh, generally. Well, again, you know, it is important to have a balanced diet. And a balanced diet, basically, one needs to cut down carbs, one needs to cut down on oily foods. And we often find that a balanced diet with, you know, vegetables and fruit and fish uh, and, and chicken, it contributes to a, a good, healthy lifestyle. And uh, although acne has been proven not to be caused by medication. In my practice, what I do is I often ask the patient, you know, whether any food I aggravate the skin. So we find that sometimes, uh, you know, uh, excess intake of glucose may affect uh, or carbohydrates may affect a certain population group, especially females. So again, it is important for the population to have uh, a holistic management to their health as well as to certain conditions, including dermatological conditions. Sarfarad says, Assalamu alaikum, Shafat and Dr. Dokrat. I'm very fair in complexion, almost white, but my nose is very red. How is that? Doc, maybe he's looking like Santa Claus. Yeah, that's a very, very important factor. What the patient has is a condition called acne rosacea. Now, the main aspect is rosacea. So although we call it acne rosacea, the hallmark of this condition is redness of the nose and the cheeks, and they may get, uh, you know, some uh, pimples, and they may find that the blood vessels in the skin are very prominent. So acne rosacea may have genetic factors. In my practice, I usually see it in fair patients, mainly European patients. And, uh, again, the contributory factor may be genetic, as I said, mainly in white patients or fair-looking patients, and certain foods may aggravate it. Now, we find that spicy foods, they dilate or they, uh, they cause uh, a bit of blowing up or enlargement of the vessels in the skin, and that may aggravate it. And then, again, uh, it is important alcohol uh, can also cause the same problem. So sometimes if it's very severe in, uh, in terms of rosacea, people might think that the patient is an alcoholic because it has similar sort of skin manifestations or what the skin presents as. So, again, dietary factors are important in the treatment of rosacea. The good news, we do have treatment. So external therapy we use, that is a gel called Rosix. Then we also use a gel called Skinnerin. These help in the patients with mild rosacea. If they've got moderate to severe rosacea, then we'll use an oral antibiotic, 
and this has what they call uh, an effect on the inflammation that causes rosacea. Now, what I need to mention, it's absolutely essential for patients with rosacea to use sunblocks, and the same applies to acne. And that same applies to the population at large. We live in a very uh, in a sunny country, and therefore sunblock is essential. Now, a sun protection cream should have a factor of 50, and it must be applied at least 30 minutes before the patient goes out into the sun. And again, those patients who go out to swim or, or have a partake in water sports, they have to use the sunblock on a continuous basis. Now, what about sunblocks? They would help the skin generally, and it will prevent aging of the skin. But as we know, sun can cause damage to the skin, early aging, and also different types of skin cancer. So one of the major cancers that it can cause is a condition called malignant melanoma, which is a cancer of the skin. And again, if the patient has excessive sun, uh, sun exposure or sunburn, then these patients may be prone to different kinds of skin cancer, including malignant melanoma. Now, the point about malignant melanoma is South Africa has one of the highest incidence of malignant melanoma in, this, in the world, and this is due to lifestyle. Patients do not protect their skin and have excessive exposure, and this has an effect on the pigment cells in the skin. It causes abnormality of the pigment cells, and therefore it can lead to melanoma or other forms of skin cancer. So we can now combine sun protection in terms of our management of acne as well as uh, rosacea. But on the other hand, uh, some sun exposure would help patients with psoriasis. So if they do not have uh, the ability to go to or the capability to go to dermatologists or the logistics are difficult, then they can have about 10 minutes of sun exposure on their skin, and this helps patients psoriasis. So, again, we need to combine all these aspects of dermatological treatment to target different dermatological conditions. Uh, I'm going to say assalamu alaikum. I'm already enjoying the show. I'm only... Uh... 32 years old, but my under my eyes, I have a lot of wrinkles. Why is this? I work quite often in the sun. I'm a quantity surveyor. Uh, your uh, reaction, Doc? Uh, that is very, very important. Now, again, this patient is exposed to a lot of, uh, a lot of sun exposure. Now, as I mentioned earlier, sun exposure can cause early, uh, early um, aging of the skin and wrinkles are also related to sun exposure. So what I would uh, advise is that patient uses a sunblock, but you must be careful because the sunblock can sometimes irritate the eye. So the sunblock this patient must use is what we call a physical sunblock. That is, it doesn't have chemicals, and the ones that are effective, uh, like Nivea SPF 50, the sports sunblock, or every sun at the sport, uh, again, the wrinkling can actually improve by using vitamin A cream. The vitamin A cream like uh, Retacno, the, this cream here can be used uh, to actually improve wrinkling and to also prevent wrinkling. But it is advisable that these patients must use it in conjunction with the uh, advice of the dermatologist because the vitamin A cream can sometimes irritate the skin. And then also we have lasers, but I would advise this patient seek the help of a dermatologist who will target the treatment accordingly.
Zach Joseph says, Assalamu alaikum, Uncle Chef. Uh, I tune in every week and enjoy the information. Please ask uh, Dr. Dokra how best to deal with the teeth blackheads because if you squeeze, they come back, Doctor. Uh, that's correct. That's a very important point. Now, in terms of blackheads, what essentially happens is that you get blockage of the pores. So what we do is, in addition to using vitamin A cream, which unblocks the pores and allows the oil to to, to, to actually uh, come through and uh, uh, to prevent blocking of the pores, uh, we also use what we call an extractor. Now, this is done by a dermatologist where we remove the blackheads physically. Uh, what we also have is what we call microdermabrasion and chemical peels. And microdermabrasion is a machine that physically opens up the pores and clears uh, whiteheads and blackheads. And chemical peel, we use fruit acids to also open up the pores. So it's a combination of treatment. Again, uh, this patient needs to see a dermatologist for advice and management. Uh, Katie Kaki says, Assalamu alaikum, Shafaat and the studio doctor. Uh, Dr. Dokrat, uh, she says, the program are all excellent. Allah ta'ala keep our beautiful Marcus Sahaba radio station on top. I, uh, I have a small brown patches on my hands and face. I heard it's a liver problem. Is uh, that possible, uh, doctor? Okay. Uh, first of all, uh, it's a misconception that is related to liver. Uh, basically, these brown patches that occur, uh, there's multiple causes for it. Uh, again, it may be a genetic factor, and it can be aggravated by sun. So we can call, call it sunspots. And then also there's other causes of brown spots. Now, the important point is, again, as I mentioned, it is absolutely essential for us to use sunblock because sun aggravates the brown uh, mark and becomes much more darker. Uh, these patients, if they seek the help of a dermatologist, the dermatologist can apply liquid nitrogen very gently, and that can remove the brown marks. And then we have various type of creams to actually help clear the brown marks. So again, it's misconception about liver problems. This is skin and sun related. Uh, brother says, Anonymous, uh, I have uh, moles all over my face. A wife doesn't like it, but this is hereditary and I don't mind. But if I have to remove it, what will uh, the doctor do? Doc? That's an important fi- uh, point. Now, there's a differentiation between moles and the problem the patient has. Uh, moles usually occur uh, not only on the face, on the body as well. And when we examine these patients, we need to differentiate between moles and a condition that uh, is type of a warty, uh, a warty presentation, and those are called what we call seborrheic keratosis. Keratosis means it's scaly and it's raised, and seborrheic is uh, a condition that occurs on the skin. So this patient has got seborrheic keratosis, which looks similar to moles or similar to what, and that's not contagious. It is genetic and age-related. Now, these are easy to treat. Uh, when the patient sees a dermatologist, the dermatologist may apply liquid nitrogen, which I talked about earlier, and that actually uh, freezes the area and the water, the, uh, the, sun, the spots fall off. Then if it's much more thicker, 
is what one uh, we do is we give a little local anesthetic and we either cauterize it with a uh, electric machine or we may actually uh, gently scrape the and shave that area off. The results are excellent, and basically uh, these patients can have a clear skin. Zakalafar, that a uh, very cool comment collected our doctor this evening, uh, Doctor Mohammed. But really enjoying him, people. Uweisa uh, from the region says, Assalamu alaikum, Shafaat, and uh, Dr. Dokra. Does it really help to make home face packs like uh, with egg white and stiffen up with oats, uh, etc., even a- adding some honey? Good question there, Doc. Okay. Uh, this is an absolutely essential uh, point. Uh, I would actually suggest we keep it, uh, we keep it simple. What people need to use is a moisturizer at night a sunblock in the morning, and a gentle cleanser. Uh, the old remedies actually, unfortunately, they don't work. So it is important. And honey is uh, important because we use it for wounds or for ulcers. But for skin conditions, no. And egg white, no. Uh, basically, it depends. If the patient has a normal skin, they can keep it nice and soft by using a moisturizer. There's lots of moisturizers on the market. And we have moisturizers like Vicoderm, or we have moisturizers like Eucerin, or we have Cetaphil. Uh, again, the aqueous cream that people use can sometimes irritate the skin. But the most important aspect is sun protection. And again, it must be used correctly. Uh, the sunblock must be applied in the right quantities. And if we use the combination of both, the skin actually remains clear. Uh, we know that our parents use pond cream, you know, for all the years, and uh, their skin has been excellent. You know, their uh, skin has actually been well protected, and we can admire that. So, again, uh, you know, education is absolutely essential. And as I uh, always point out, when one needs to actually, uh, you know, liaise with the uh, dermatologist or one needs to follow the advice, which are what we call medical-based and evidence-based treatment or management. And it's important that we shouldn't, uh, you know, use various kinds of, uh, you know, crack treatments or things that are suggested or do not have a scientific basis. Uh, Salman Suleiman says, Assalamu alaikum, Shafat Ahmed Khan and uh, Dr. Muhammad Adokrat. We all enjoying your program. My wife wants to know if our seven-month-old son has small white pimples under his eyes, what it means and how to treat, uh, doctor. Okay. Uh, again, in a seven-month-old baby, they can have various kinds of presentations. Now, uh, if he has little pimples under the eye, it may be called, uh, it may be called milia. And these are like tiny white pimples. Again, it is not of significance or it's not pathological or it's not a disease. So again, you know, one should reassure them that it's nothing to worry about and with time, those spots will clear. Now, just to talk about white spots occurring on the face, white spots on the face, a common condition is a condition called pitolysis alba or what we call alba. These are little white spots that are slightly scaly, which occurs in most children, and again, over the period of time, they disappear. However, what we also need to to be aware of is that white spots, which are ivory white, they they very sort of uh, uh, white. In, they are white in color, 
then that may be a sign of vitiligo. But again, vitiligo is not common in children. It's more common in adults, and it is visible in patients that are tan or darker skin it's a, because there's a contrast of the skin. But vitiligo is not common, and it's an important topic. And one of our top dermatologists uh, is one of the world experts on vitiligo. So, uh, you know, I can always inform you, uh, Shafat Ahmed, that at some stage we can get him on the on the radio station and he has a vast knowledge of vitiligo. A common problem but can be treated and again people tend to have a various kinds of misconceptions about vitiligo. Another topic that I would actually suggest that you know I could discuss on your radio station uh, is a condition called eczema. And eczema you get various types and affects children so it is important for us to educate the families and the parents about this condition, which can be treated adequately. A lot of times people get, uh, you know, they get despondent and they don't seek the help of a dermatologist. So that is a common problem. Uh, and then other conditions like warts or moles or, or various kinds of dermatological problems uh, one can discuss. So we have a whole spectrum. And what I'll do is I'll email you common conditions. What I believe is that we need to discuss common conditions. Common conditions occur commonly. So again, we don't use you know high-powered language, or we don't sort of discuss rare conditions. And this would help the population at large. You know, absolutely brilliant. And uh, this is what Didat Arepla used to tell me when I was his editor: keep the language simple, my son so that the grassroots, you know, that the people from the grassroots can uh, understand you. And, you know, absolutely brilliant, Doctor. I do agree with you. Fatima says, Assalamu alaikum and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala reward for wonderful program. Please advise uh, the benefits of dipping face in freezing icy water, Doctor. <laughs> Sorry, uh, Mr. Shafat Ahmed, the last point using? Dipping uh, dipping of face in freezing icy water. <laughs> okay, that's an important one. Uh, what we do is, uh, if one uses cold water, you know, then it closes the pores. But again, there's no scientific proof that, you know, ice uh, water or dipping the face in ice water is beneficial. Uh, again, I'll come to a condition that is uh, problematic uh, in terms of cold exposure or exposure to ice. Uh, there is a condition called chillblains. Uh, chillblains is a condition that occurs in a small percentage of the population when they're exposed to either cold weather or ice or, uh, or you know, used in the winter period, and it can present as very painful spots on the, uh, on the fingertips. So, again, uh, no scientific evidence that, you know, exposing the face to ice and ice water would be beneficial. Today from Palak, there's uh, Assalamu alaikum, Uncle Shafaat and Dr. Dokrat. Uh, Jazakallah for awesome information. I developed a, a tiny dry patch above my eyebrow. Uh, the skin is dry and peels all the time. Is it, is it psoriasis or eczema? Will it uh, spread, Doctor? That's an excellent question. Uh, from what she describes is eczema, and again, the eczema may be what they call uh, genetic factors. Uh, it may occur on its own, or it may be caused by certain factors. Now, if we have eczema around the eyelids, then sometimes it can be what we call 
contact eczema or contact dermatitis. That is exposure to any creams or cosmetics uh, that can aggravate the problem. As far as psoriasis is concerned, it's not a common sight to have psoriasis that is on the eyelids. Psoriasis commonly occurs on the scalp, on the elbows and knees. So again, when we examine the patient, we examine the patient completely and we look for signs and symptoms of psoriasis on other parts. So this patient certainly has got eczema, and this patient will benefit with a mild cortisone cream. But again, we know that we cannot use cortisone cream for a long period of time because it has side effects of thinning of the skin, and therefore a patient should use a lot of moisturizer. And the ones that are very good, uh, one that's called Epimax Ultra, and it's greasy but very effective. And then we have something called SBR Repair, and these are very good. So you may use a cortisone cream for a short time, but in addition to that, using a moisturizer helps. If it's itchy, then we use an allergy tablet like Allergex or Phenagan. So it's a combined treatment. If the patient finds that this treatment doesn't clear the skin, then they should consult a dermatologist. So he's from, uh, yeah, he's from the CARP, and he says, Assalamu alaikum, uh, from CARP, start, CARP, uh, start, my Africans, he's, yeah, yeah. Shampoo. Now, over-the-counter preparations like head and shoulders is fine. 
and then they can even use salsum shampoo or, or nurse shampoo. Those are quite effective. If it is more severe, then one can use uh, a drop like Advantan scalp solution. But it's important to note that if dandruff is severe and persistent, it may be a sign of psoriasis. So we use a uh, lotion called Dovibet Scalp Lotion. Uh, closing remarks is that uh, your program is ex- excellent, and Maraka uh, Sahaba, it's the first time I've heard about it, and thank you very much for inviting me, Mr. Shafat Ahmed, and uh, I hope the uh, our listeners uh, benefited from it. I tell you, Doc, you were absolutely cool, calm, and collected. Maybe it's something to do with you coming from the Atlantic Ocean to the Indian Ocean and having that uh, lovely feeling. And I always knew, you know, when you got in touch with me, I knew this would be a fantastic consultation. And alhamdulillah, you have a pleasant stay. Uh, you know, when you uh, give our salams to the people of up, when you're back uh, to them, Doc. And inshallah, uh, enjoy your. Your, your relaxation in uh, the beachfront. Jazakallah, Mr. Shafat Ahmed, and thank you for inviting me. Most welcome. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Yes, sir, people, I really enjoyed that consultation with uh, Dr. Muhammad uh, Dokrat, and alhamdulillah, take care of your skin. Yeah, very important. Uh, don't expose yourself to the sun too much, and you know what happens? You wrinkle up. I'll wash your face properly and all that. You know, it's so important. You know, your face is uh, your the mirror. Yeah, look at your face. So these simple ashes and things like that. Well, time for us to go for the Ishazan. Get back. Uh, Thirty minutes punctuated. Uh, will be joining us. Inshallah, Sheikh Maida will be talking to us, uh, followed by uh, Maulana Salim Karim. Let's go for the Ishazan.